So we're back with Nathan, who has a new shirt and a new bandana. <laughs> and we're talking about cybersecurity. And we, uh, we, we did a really nice high-level overview of like what we should be thinking about when, when we care about security. Um, and we talked a bit about uh, how, in another video, about how to handle passwords and access and the systems we're using. And um, Nathan, I got a, a special case for you now. I'm hoping you can help me with. And this, um, this honestly, when I think about the teams that I have, sometimes keeps me up at night because we have people who are, who, you know, even in and with technology startups, not everyone is is in the world of technology, and um, people have uh, people are well-meaning enough. Um, so last year, um, I got a call from. Uh, my company's IT help desk. My company does not have an IT help desk. Yep. Are you familiar with this scenario? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the classic phone based phishing uh, attempts, right, or, or campaigns at the end of the day. Um, but what's happening there? I mean, these people are, are not representatives of, of my company at any level. It's fraudulent. I just want to be explicit. It's fraudulent. What, what are they, what are they doing? What do they want? Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it, they're trying to get you to give them access, the access that you have been granted. Right. So, uh, that could be, um, W2 forms that could be access to your device so that they can do things on your device, install malware, backdoors, whatever. Uh, that could be a whole host of things. They're trying, they're, they're trying to trick you. They're using social engineering to trick you into giving you uh, the, the access that you've been granted into your, um, your ecosystem or whatever. And let me ask you another question. Who, do we have an idea of who they're, who their victims are, who they're targeting, who they really want to talk to? Yeah, I, that's a great question. Anyone that has power and control over systems mm -hmm. within a company, you know, within a family unit, right? That could be, um, you know, trying to get bank information. That could be trying to get um, access to legal documents. That could be trying to get access to restricted uh, data center data. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're, that, and that's, it could be you, right? It could be some random person in marketing or HR, right? Yeah. That doesn't know better. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'll even um, piggyback and say, I'm thinking about the professionals who um, have access to the people who have access even. So, um, gosh, um, my, uh, my director of operations um, might catch on to this, um, but my, um, his executive assistant, um, my office manager, um, my mark, just like you said, my marketing person. Um, there are definitely people in my uh, company who are, who are really wanting to help the, uh, the IT help desk. Yeah. 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 So usually in this situation, they're, they're, they're asking you to give them something, right? So, uh, one of the classic examples was there's this whole big campaign around like Microsoft support is reaching out to blah, blah, blah. And then mm -hmm. to be like, hey, get on a, get in a machine screen share with us. Well, they're, they're on doing something in the background. They're installing malware onto mm -hmm. the device. Um, another classic example is when um, people would go after, hackers would go after uh, corporate W-2s. They'd say, hey, uh, well, you need to send all of the W-2s here. This is an emergency or why, what, what, 
the CEO is stuck in some country on some trip and needs you to wire $2,000 to help them get whatever. It's like mm -hmm. 2000 is probably low, but still probably enough of a red flag. Um, yeah, and what, what, I, I, what I briefly have touched on in the past is this concept of like uh, continue, like adaptive trust, right? Like, hey, like I, I don't really trust anything out the gate. Like this idea that like um, the corporate term, term zero trust uh, like, hey, I, I, let me let me verify. Let me let me validate that what's happening here is the right person. Then, where mm -hmm. this call is coming from, right, is is coming from the right place. You know, um, being conscious of emails that come into your inbox, being conscious of the phone numbers that you get on your phone, the phone calls you get on your phone. Um, you know, one one example is like area code, right? Like, why? I don't work. The, the CEO is not based out of New York City. Why would I be getting an inbound call from New York City? That doesn't make any sense, right? So being, being understanding the, that, that, pe that humans are naturally trusting. We, we want to trust people. We want to assume the best. We, have, we assume often positive intent from the people that we interact with. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's taken advantage of by, by different individuals. And so uh, in this instance, specifically, it sounds like that I, that, IT help desk was like, hey, yeah, like I need to, I need to get onto your computer to do yeah. some things or blah, blah, blah. And obviously and, this works in part because a lot of companies do have IT help desk. So if I have an IT help desk, but the company's big enough, I don't know who, who's there. Um, as a receiver, what might I do to, to, you know, what kind of tools do I have at my disposal or what kind of tools should my company put in place? Should I as a leader put in place for my people to use? Yeah, exactly. Right. So um, the first, the first thing that's always most helpful, um, you know, is having multiple for, so let, let me, let me use this term vaguely and then I'll dial into some of the actual terms. So authenticating, like how can I authenticate that this, this interaction is, is a proper interaction. Uh, if you get a phone call, can you email this person in your company? Like, Oh, what was your name? How did you spell that? Like, let me, let me understand how to, you know, put this all together, then you can, you can email, right? Look them up on email. If they're not in your corporate directory, then you know that that's not a person. Um, uh, confirming through Slack, right? So um, if you have uh, collaboration tools that aren't just based in email, using those is often another form, especially, you know, if you get an inbound email. Um, so authenticating in that capacity. In another sense of authentication, right, is, is what I had mentioned before in terms of multi-factor authentication. Uh, from a corporate standpoint, if one of your employees falls prey to one of these, uh, these, these social engineering uh, breaches, uh, they get the password at the same time, then you have this other form of authentication through, uh, you know, push, push on, on, a, on, a, on an app or a text message or an email. Right. And then you can then flag if you see one of those authentications, like, hey, that is a big red flag. Right. If I'm not logging into my database and all of a sudden I get a text message or with a with a passcode, uh, that that's something you really need to be conscious of. Um, same with email or, or one of those app pushes. So so like understanding ways that you can really verify that the data and the privileges that you're passing on to someone that you don't there's no little confidence in that is, is appropriate, uh, is, is really crucial. And just having that mindset, um, you know, there, there, there's always going to be, 
there's always going to be cheats and, and, and swindlers mm. within humanity. And they're always going to find new ways of getting through this, you know? So all this stuff in a, in corporate cybersecurity and hacking that it's just the new, the new uh, snake, it, snake soil, snake oil salesman of the, of the 21st century. And so we just need to be conscious of, of how this yeah. together. Well, it sounds like, I mean, just to summarize one great tool that I'm hearing if I'm a leader is to a um, have some kind of staff directory implemented that I know is kept up to date and an email. Cause everyone, every new employee gets an email is a great example of that. Um, and perhaps the Slack of a person has been the Slack to go, ah, there's a directory here, a, and then B to communicate. Maybe it's part of the onboarding training, for example, um, there, there's a policy for, um, if someone's asking you for some kind of credential, if you don't know in the company, well, um, you know, look them up or even demand, not demand, but request that they email you the details that they email you the request officially. And then you ha have to be able to look at where that email and what that email address is. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Having that conversation internally, being conscious of, of some of those best practices, mm -hmm. even just making sure your employees know who each other are. Right. You know, especially in this world of remote work, um, trying to engage with some people in different departments and build those relationships that you might not always have that way when a situation like this arises and you know it's like I've talked to Alex on the phone why does his voice sound like a woman's voice like that doesn't sound right like Alex isn't always just a, a, man, a man's name like this person's trying to in-person say someone and they're using the wrong you know <laughs> so those sorts of things and where you're being conscious of um the 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 ways that you you as a business leader can uh, mm -hmm. keep your team moving forward and and working together yeah uh, and 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 conscious of just best practices and whatnot mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense thank you is there anything else that you would share about um, these sorts of um, fraudulent social engineering attempts I mean they're 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 growing in prevalency right now just in with mm -hmm. During, during the era of, uh, of our pandemic. Um, so everything from banking to, to, um, to your gym membership or you know, your, your landlord sending you notifications and saying, you know, your rent didn't go through it, you need to resubmit it. Um, they're popping up everywhere. They're just so prevalent. Uh, we're seeing them very heavily in the corporate space, um, you know, just because of, the, the change in, in infrastructure there. Um, but just in general, uh, that, that consciousness, I think is, is just really important just as a, as a life skill, you know, uh, you can say no to people, please, my, <laughs> my friends, don't, don't be afraid to tell someone that, Hey, I can't do this yeah. corporate policy. Don't feel like you have to be the bad guy, make point someone else out to be the bad guy. Um, but being conscious of when you're passing along corporate information, uh, is, is really, um, it's a, it's a big responsibility. Uh, and so I think it's, it's, you know, th those people who aren't in security every day, uh, are really the people on the front lines of this. Uh, I, I, I know how complicated it can be. I know how confusing it can be. And, um, you know, but you know, if, if you see an email address that doesn't work, look right, or being conscious of, you know, um, a, the things being off or spellings being off or something like that is really is really the uh 
the things that help you as an individual keep your company safe. And I, and, and that's just a big way for you to be conscious of that and uh, protect the, the organization you support. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks for that, Nathan. Yeah, of course. Um, I think that's all on that subject. Uh, I, I'm super interested in, in, uh, in social engineering as general. It's one of those things that I think often gets overlooked in, in cybersecurity. Uh, mm. It often comes down to individuals who might not know better. So I think it's an important topic to hit, especially right now in this huge spike of, of phishing attempts, um, spear phishing specifically, right? Where they use your information, they know who you are. They, did, they looked you up on LinkedIn, they tried to find your Facebook profile and use all those things to kind of uh, jolt loose information from you. And so, um, you know, if something seems strange, always take a second guess, always try to verify, always, always confirm that it should be an appropriate interaction. That's really helpful. And Nathan, um, uh, can you say anything about the sort of, um, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to walk around the official jargon, but there's, there's something called pen testing or penetration testing, and there's a social engineering element of that. And I wonder if you might be able to talk to that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything specific you want me to kind of drill into just in terms of like, uh, um, the tactics used, the things to be conscious of, um, anything like that, just in terms of what, what's helpful there to be conscious of. If I wanted to, as a leader, if I wanted to take a look at how my cybersecurity is going, or if I wanted to be thoughtful about the sort of policies and training I'm putting in place, I have in place or can improve, um, and I might want to engage somebody to help me with that, what kind of things would I expect from that kind of professional or or organization? Ah, yes. Okay. So um, this kind of falls into two categories, right? There's bug bounty, which is focused mostly on bugs within software, trying to find vulnerabilities uh, Mm. in an application in some kind of online service. Uh, And then there's pen testing, which really takes a more holistic look at your entire corporate infrastructure. Um, A lot of the things that you and I have talked about, Alex, kind of cover some of the basics of pen testing in terms of understanding where your, your, your crown jewels are, uh, of your of your business and how to protect those things. Once you've identified, uh, generally a, a, a pen tester will interview, ask you some of those questions, ask you kind of where where you've invested in blah blah blah, and then they're going to go along the lines that they all, use all the tools within their toolbox, right? Generally, those are white hat hackers. They have a background in in in, in hacking and, and infrastructure, infiltrating and, and infrastructure. So. You know, they're going to use everything that they have from uh, uh, technical kind of more application layer knowledge to network knowledge to uh, social engineering knowledge. Um, you know, trying to go walk in and, you know, looking official, looking like they should be there in some kind of maybe it's a maintenance suit, right? And going mm-hmm. like, hey, I, um, I'm here to fix, you know, the, the toilet or whatever. Can you buzz me in to go fix, you know, the toilet's broken? to the front desk person and they're like, oh, I don't know. They'll be like, oh yeah, I was called by this person. They did all their homework. They looked up on LinkedIn. They're like, oh, so-and-so called me. They, yeah. they asked me to come in. This is what's going on in, in that thing. I need to go fix that heat HVAC system, um, you know, or whatever. And that person lets them in because they know and they've done their research, right? They're like, oh yeah, I know, I know so-and-so in, in uh, uh, the executive assistant, right? Of course that would be something. I'm surprised they didn't tell me, whatever. And that person's out inside the corporate infrastructure and then they maybe go and change and take off the, the jumpsuit and they have, have like a suit on underneath and they go 
walk into the place where they might be or walk into a data center, right? And are able to walk into where they need to be appropriately mm-hmm. um, and use some of those skills, let alone everything that we mentioned over the phone, over email, trying to get some of that information as well. Um, they, they, they really are trying to press your corporation into finding weaknesses that they can exploit. So they're going to go through um, generally using social engineering as a piece of that, just because um, as of, as of right now, hopefully in the future, as more people consume some of this stuff, it won't be true. Uh, individuals are often uh, an underinvested place in how you can have corporate protection. Um, mm-hmm. But then alongside that, look at everything else from email to network layer intrusions to messing with your application to get inside your network, all those sorts of things as well. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, of course. That's really helpful. Any last things you'd want to say in general about um, people, people who are in, remember, we're thinking of um, technology startups where we're getting everything started. Um, well, anything else these people should be thinking about that we haven't covered? No, thank you for being innovators. Um, the, your, what you guys do is, is really important. Um, I, I, I participate in that to some degree. Um, I want to see you be successful. I hope that, you know, some of these things aren't, don't scare you. I don't like that these, I I don't want to invoke fear within people. I want to invoke a sense of like, Hey, you're going to be successful. You've got the tools. You just need to be confident in a, what you're doing and B if something seems fishy, if it smells fishy, it's probably fishy. Right. And so um, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Don't let any of these things hold you back. Don't let fear of failure or fear of even a breach keep you from, you know, driving and being successful uh, and innovating and, and whatnot. So um, thank you for, for continuing to do this. I hope this information is helpful. Uh, if there's anything that you have question rise, feel free to reach out to me. If there's anything else I can be doing to uh, just continue to, to hit bigger topics, happy to help in any way. Uh, and I'm, I'm just excited to, uh, to share some things that hopefully are pretty relevant. And Nathan, how can people looking for you find you? Uh, LinkedIn is probably a great place to start. Um, I'm, I, I've spent a lot of time just, just working on things, uh, behind the scenes with different, different relationships. Um, I don't do Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I don't do Instagram. So, uh, yeah, direct message me on LinkedIn is probably the most efficient way. Um, at at this moment, I'm happy to, uh, to engage people in, in whatever way I can. Now here's a riddle for you. What does Tesla's founder president and Groupon's founding CEO have in common? They were both removed from the companies they started. Stay with me for another, I don't know, minute and understand this. More than three out of four founders are ousted from their role before year five. That's before IPO, before acquisition, before wild adoption. And as a result, you leave potentially millions of dollars on the table for your successor to pick up. But that won't be you, right? Imagine how good it will feel to carry out your vision for your org as a leader for years to come. Are you a founder of a software startup with a live product and a team? If so, can you see yourself learning to grow alongside your company? 
I've been working with founders and Fortune 100 companies for a decade, and I have a gift for you. It's free. It's a webinar, and it explains why CEOs and other founders are essentially removed from your company and what you need to do to stay. Move now. Click the link in the description to transform from a founder CEO to a growth CEO, to scale your org, keep your money, and have a worldwide impact. The link to the free webinar is in the description, and I'll see you on the other side. I'm so glad you joined us today. If this video was helpful, give it a like, go ahead and subscribe, and hit the bell so that tech and startup videos continue to show up in your feed. I'll see you in the other videos.